everybody, I'm Theo Fleury, and you're listening to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Let it on back, Barbashev across, drive, and that one whistled wide. Came back along to Gunnarsson once more. They've got Sundquist set up at the opposite circle. Across to Gunnarsson, and Shetty scores! The Blues win it in overtime, and have evened the series. He scores! Boom, boom, Gunnarsson! Bring out the Zamboni! The Blues win game two! So, Chris is finally back in, I guess, in studio, but actually on the show. And after, in studio. And studio as well. We uh, So, we had two week, we had two shows in a row. We had Jack from Brook Raw mm-hmm. and Bon as well. Bon's been on a bunch this season, so thanks for him joining us, and thanks for Jack for joining us. So, yeah, we had a lot of fun talking about a little bit what was going on for rumors and what's going on in the NHL playoffs. So, Kind of a lot of the same to a degree here. We do have some blues news. A little bit. Uh, I say a big. I say a big retirement. I say. Yeah, only I think we knew was coming, but official now. Yeah, official, official. So uh, it was funny, but we'll get into that. We got another one of the rumors we talked about last show got a little bit more legs this week. Yeah. Or since we talked last, so we'll get into all that on this week's show. I should have worn my souvenir from Nashville to the show today, uh, but I did not. Because it's balls hot outside. It is a little warm. It's the uh, every kind of, uh, let's see, rain, stop raining. All right, now it's recording on Sunday the uh, 27th. So mm-hmm. right before the uh, 4th of July holiday. So first, let's get into Blues news. So once again, we're in the off season, And, of course, yep. the Blues are going out really early. Uh, you know, doesn't make it for a lot of news happening. No, it's kind of the calm before the storm. You know, obviously, I'd say we have, what, a week or two left in the season? Right, two. And then I think things are really going to start to heat up as we approach uh, the draft and the expansion draft and free agency. Yeah, so we'll have uh, – so big dates coming up would be July 21st would be the expansion draft. That will be uh, – and a couple of days before that is when uh, the Seattle Kraken can start – uh, you know, look, talking free agents, and, yep. and I'm sure you'll start seeing some deals, which it sounds, there's rumors that the price is a little high to get out of, like, kind of like what Vegas negotiated, get our sure. contracts and get, you know, extra picks and players. So who knows what's going to happen there. The Blues, I, Armstrong says, you know, you're going into it, you know you're going to lose a good player. Yeah. Maybe his stance might change a little bit. Maybe he's willing to throw a pick to maybe make sure you take a certain guy, depending on how he wants to reshape this team because – I th- like I've talked about to people, and we can talk about it now. I don't think the team is the window is closing or shut or whatever you want to say. I think it does need a retooling. You need to, yeah. if you watch the playoffs, if we watch these playoffs, a team that you know unfortunately they lost, but I think a team that the Blues definitely can mimic themselves after is definitely like the New York Islanders. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, I think that. You look at that Blues team that won in 2019, and I don't think they're very much unlike this season's Montreal Canadiens. You know, I, I, it's 
there's something to be said for getting hot when it counts. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think the window on this team is closed. I think that it's obviously a, maybe more closed than it was last year. Yeah. You know, I mean, this team dominated. We've talked about this ad nauseum that there was really no Stanley Cup hangover. They came out of the gates firing, and they were number one in the West before the shutdown for COVID. Um, what concerns me, and I think concerns everybody, and, and Armstrong has mentioned it, is what happened to this team during the stoppage of play during COVID because they just haven't been the same team ever since they went to the bubble and this whole season. You know, this there's no reason for this team to be struggling the way it does. It's still, by and large, the same team. Now, you cannot discount the loss on the back end of Petrangelo and Bomeister, but it's not like they filled those positions with rookies or scrubs. You filled them with Justin Falk and Tory Krug. Those are two damn good players. Yeah, I'll say this: different skill sets, but still very good. But players. still very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, any team in the league would have them in their top four. Yeah. So you know, it's it's just bewildering to me how this team seemed to lose itself during that stoppage of play. And I think that that's what, in this offseason, Armstrong and Barube and the brain trust of this team needs to sit down and figure out who are we and what do we need. Because there's a lot of pieces that are in play right now on this team as far as who's coming back and who's not. There's a lot of money to potentially be spent to keep people here. Close to $17 million. Or or go elsewhere. So it's going to be an interesting couple of months. Yeah, so the Blues have a lot of question marks regarding, I think, in the defense needs a little revamp. Yes. You definitely need to figure out what you're going to do on left wing because yes. right now you have literally nobody over there because either you have free agents or I think the only one that's signed as left wing is Sammy Blay. That's our closest thing you and have. Tarasenko, right, right? He's technically a right winger. He plays is he? right wing. Yeah, so you're right. You're right. You're but, right. You're but right. technically, you know, you Jaden Schwartz. And I'm used to him being Mike, on his off wing on the power play. Yeah, and so basically both of those, Jaden Schwartz and Mike Hoffman, are your two top left wingers last season and both free agents. Both UFAs, yeah. So you have a chance of them not coming back at all. So we'll see what they do um, this coming off. I heard a really interesting, I guess not rumor, but in regard to Jaden Schwartz, uh, I listen to NHL radio on XM all the time when I'm in the car. And they were talking about the Blues. They're doing right now this whole uh, two teams every day thing where they break down, you know, the season that was and moving forward. And this name came up both in regarding the Blues and when they did the L.A. Kings. And that is they think the L.A. Kings are going to throw money at Jaden Schwartz. That he fits the style that L.A. plays. That they have more money to offer him and that they think that it could be a really good fit to have Jaden Schwartz in LA. And I can't say that I disagree with that assessment. Yeah, that wouldn't be that far off because they rumor was they're trying to make a big splash with a they want to make one or I think a two top six forwards is what they want. Yeah. So that's why they're trying to be on the Eichel stuff. Uh, anybody. So that's what I mean. There's a lot of rumors growing up, maybe more than I think in the past, I think. Sure. There's a lot of guys who are already under contract, not like you're talking guys that are um, free agents or maybe like, you know, RFAs or guys that are – there's a lot of guys like falling out of favor or guys right. like who went out of the team. You think there's any way in hell Mike Hoffman comes back? I, 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 hey, I have money talks. 
Yeah. I, as much as I, and here's the thing too, it could be other caveat be like, hey, I want to resign, but you need to tell me what my role is going to be. Yeah. And not pulling what had pulled last year because you, you're you didn't have on your top power play unit. You, and we give this guy, we give Zach Sanford a ton of crap. As much as I want to give him crap, it's not him. He's not putting himself on a top power play unit. It's, it's true. It's the coaches. Like I think I think Brube is literally under the gun this year and see if his system wasn't a. I say one hit wonder, but his system worked for that time period. Yeah, is it going to be time for that system to? Get, is that going to be the system you want to move forward with, or is it time to get him out and start and maybe look for somebody who is not not a shot by any means, but somebody who is more it. more current NHL type system? Do you do you blame Barube for the power play, or do you go after the assistants who are in charge of that? I, I mean, think, I guess ultimately it falls at Barube's feet, but. He's the one who has to – my thing is making adjustments. It seems like nobody likes to make adjustments. No, oh, there's no adjustments in the game. And that's what's, that's what's annoying to me. It's like if you something's not working, especially on the power play, yeah. like, Jesus, the power play was not working for how long? And then all of a sudden they made a couple of changes, moving people around and putting like, – Hoffman was one of those guys that moved up there, and yeah. they did a little bit of something different. All of a sudden it caught fire, and it's like, if you did that earlier, who knows where you would have been. And then line wise, it, they just kept chugging out the same people over and over again, hoping that they get different, the same res, different result, and right. they weren't. Well, so we'll, so we'll go into this since we're talking about coaches right now. So the Arizona Coyotes did interview Mike Van Ryn. Yep, we did talk about that last podcast, and according to multiple sources now, uh, you know, not mine, of course, no, not like of that. Course. But um, of course, Jerry Rutherford and uh, Andy Strickland were the two that I have seen that least publicly put those out there. Uh, said that he is no longer under consideration for the head coaching job right. in Arizona. So you still have him. So the, the, I was kind of hoping to a degree. I wouldn't like. It seems like the Van Ryan system was okay, but I think there is his system is not working with the personnel that's there now. I would agree with that. So I think I was saying he's a bad coach or his system is bad by any means. But I think the uh, what we have, what we changed to, didn't fit what he was trying to do, and it didn't really because you can see plenty of times our big thing was nobody covers the front of the net. Not ever. And I think with his system, doesn't really uh, – with the guys that we have in place, doesn't really help. I think like, – I like Tory Krug a ton, but I, being a top two guy, I don't think that's really uh, his thing. I think if him I and Colt Breco were on the second pairing, that's great. You need to figure out that second – you need to figure out that number two left-handed defenseman to go with Justin Falk. If yeah. You're going to find somebody to fit that line, let's say, for example – uh, real quick, um, let's say the two couple guys that are out there was Alec Martinez, mm-hmm. uh, who just said he had a broken foot, played through when Vegas got eliminated. Yeah. So that's something that played through that and still, you know, sure. almost tried to. So that's something to consider, you know. And Vegas is up against the cap unless they can trade some you goalies. And, some, and supposedly came out today. I'm kind of going off track submission here, but uh, Darren Drager said he is not her, but he's not, would not be surprised if I, if they are in on the Eichel stuff and start kicking Vegas. Tires. Yep. How are they possibly going to get Jack Eichel in under the cap? Well, here's the thing they did before. Remember with Petro, they kind of got rid of guys. They got rid of, um, uh, what's his name? Nate Schmidt. If, if, Nate Schmidt was the yeah. one that, and they traded for virtually nothing up to Vancouver after just signing him. If, if they're going to get Jack Eichel, you got to think, that one of those goalies is gone. Well, you got, and I, I think uh, I think they want to keep Lenair because he's only thirty. So as much as as much as Flurry is great when he's seven mil and he's almost in his later thirties, yeah. You want to try to and he has a no trade, a partial no trade 
So it's going to be hard to get, you know, I'm sure one of the Let handful, him go to Seattle. Let him pull Magic out of his ass twice. Well, guess what? Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft. Oh, that's true. That's so true. unless they do a pull of trade, which who I knows? Could. They could. And if he wants want to go there, who knows if um, – Hell, so, I'd go to. I mean, I'd go to Seattle. That's a beautiful city. Yeah. Who knows if uh, Pittsburgh maybe wants him back for some reason? <sighs> I don't know. Like I'm saying, who knows what that? I would think be. you'd have a much better chance in a place like Seattle, where they need to make a splash out of the box, as opposed to going back to Pittsburgh. I mean, at some point, that train has got to run out of gas. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're getting close down there because they were trading a lot of guys and just trying to make things work there. So we'll see uh, kind of what happens. I just I, – oh, my God. So July There's 21st. a reason people hate Vegas, and this is why. It's one of those things where we saw – we talk, I've seen it on – I just tweeted something on Twitter. They did the, um, the thing from The Flash where he where it's the guy from who plays The Flash, Grant Gustin. Mm-hmm. He's doing like the – doing throwing up, throwing up the deuces right in front of a grave when it's Oliver Queen's death. And they yes. always put like memes in front. So somebody put um, – the Vegas thing on the gravestone, and then for Grant Gustin, put hockey Twitter, yeah. which, yeah, that's pretty much how people feel. Because I saw a couple of Vegas fans be like, "Oh my gosh, like we're never going to like this is just so devastating to have this happen." I'm like, "You've had four years, four years, and you've had teams, your teams get to at least the conference finals what twice, twice in the Stanley Cup finals once." Yeah, I think it'd be okay. But I think the thing has turned out <clears throat> real quick because I know we're kind of going off a little track a little bit think for Vegas that everybody kind of loses the fact of that first year why everybody loved that team and why people fell in love with the team it was a bunch of guys lovable losers like yeah. guys that nobody quote unquote nobody wanted they were the rejects you know the Island of Misfit Toys they were thrown together and for almost sure. won it yep and then all of a sudden Bill Foley and the ownership over there and decided to they got money, so I mean that's great. But they turned it into and like, they spent it, and they spent it, and they had a lot of draft capital, and they they went to work on it, and yep. you know, and they wound up trading guys who got Pacioretty in there, and then they looked and they went and signed Petrangelo, then. Well, you know, Matt Stone, I, and yeah, yeah. You know, Mark Stone, and made the big oh, trade yeah, sorry, for Mark him. Stone. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. all those things. Uh, I get it. You know, it's got a lot of different. So maybe they went out and like got mind you great players, sure. but not like so you get now you're pulling in all the elite players and all those guys that you kind of fell in love with, you know, like the. They still got Reeves on the team, but look, but a lot of the guys they don't really have anywhere. Think about it, you don't hear about William Carlson anymore. No, you think about that. That's who you thought about during that whole run. And Flurry, I agree. Flurry, you still hear about, but yeah. now they're like, how many? There's two years in a row they're going to try to trade him. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And he's the one who carried them for that the first year. Was all Carlson and Marcia so and, and players like that, and now it's and you're right, Mark Stone, not the guy from South Park, Matt Stone, Matt Stone, yeah. totally different guy, two different people, same hair. <laughs> yes, same hair, same hair. Um, but it's, you know, good for them for making the runs they do, but damn, man, like, ugh. Yeah, they're going to still be, I'm not saying this, but they're going to still be a handful for a few years because they still got guys that are in their Thank prime. Thank God they go back to the Pacific next year. Yeah. Go away. Yeah, so we don't have to deal with them as often. So, so back to where we're going for, so the Blues. They're the big uh, big Blues news, I guess, for this week. And then we'll get mm. to trade rumors and the NHL playoffs. Yep. So the Blues news this week is uh, Carl Gunnarsson decided to call it a career. So kind of – we kind of suspected that. And I think yeah. we kind of thought because due to – if he got a contract, it probably would have been it probably would have been a PTO slash two-way deal. Due, and he even said in this article 
mind you, the article check out. I know probably you can find it anywhere on a lot of places on Twitter, but the Blues website for sure. It's a he, really great article. Yeah, he talked about it. it's a very well written by Carl Gunnarsson. He's he talked about it to the media later. He said he'd been living in St. Louis, but he's going to go back to Sweden to raise his kids. But he sure. said St. Louis is always you know, obviously special and will definitely be coming back for any kind of event that the Blues need him for. And he, technically, he wouldn't be able to probably be playing a game until mid to late November due to his ACL and the rehab he have to go yeah. through. So that was part of his decision and just, I think, the grind. He's in his you know, mid-30s now. so I mean, he, dude won a cup. Yeah. And, you know, that age, that type of injury, it's not an easy injury to recover from when you're a young kid let alone a veteran. Like I, It's much like the Bo Meester thing. Like, no one can blame him for walking away. His contract is over. Like All the stars just kind of aligned. Yeah. It's not the way you want to go out. You always want to write your last chapter. But, you know, I mean, his place in Blues history is secure. He's got the first winning goal in Stanley Cup final history for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, that, that, that will be replayed for... Forever. Ever, like around... You know, for our blues, when you ever go to games and they're going back, the ten year anniversary in twenty twenty nine. You I know, guarantee it'll be on the highlight, and it'll right? be on the first thing on the highlight reel. So yeah, so the, him calling it a career, still probably one of the best trades the Blues made. Oh yeah, uh, me and you were that was I guess probably told the story on here before. We were doing our normal dude Olympics that day, yep. and we were doing mini, minute beginning of mini, I think after breakfast that morning. Yeah, on our way to mini golf, and literally the Blues traded uh, Roman Polak for. Yep. Carl Gunnarsson in a fourth-round pick, which is your current backup goalie, Billy Huso. Yeah. So you got to consider that's one of the best trades. That's a good one. It's a good one. Not best trade. A very good trade in Doug Armstrong's, like, checkbook. If you had to look in the good and bad, yeah. that's on the good side for, for sure. sure. So, yeah. So congrats to Carl Gunnarsson on a great career. Stanley Cup champion. Uh, gets to go. He's going to go back home. And so sad to see him go. Definitely one of those reliable guys who was always kind of want to be paired with uh, Alex Petrangelo. Quite a bit because they always seem to be a really good pair. If Bo Meester wasn't when they had the run, Bo Meester and Pareko were the pair, right. you know, a second. And then you had Gunnarsson was the guy who was up with with Petro uh, Petro because it was Edmondson for a while. Then they kind of Edmondson didn't really have a great season that mm-hmm. year, and then Gunnarsson kind of filled in. He's always that guy where you never thought about him until you needed a guy like that, and he would step up and do pretty good. Yes, he was the epitome of what we talked about a lot of times with the Blues, which is the sum is greater than the individual parts. You know, obviously there are superstars on the Blues roster when you look at Tarasenko. And even back in 19, when you look at, you know, Petro and and Tarasenko and O'Reilly and players like that. But by and large, that team was and still is made up of a bunch of people who do their job real, real well. You know, they may not be the flashiest guy. They may not be the highest scoring player. They may not lead you know they may not be top 10 in any individual category in the nhl but they're real damn good at doing what they're on the ice to do and carl gunnerson was that guy you know is he ever going to win a norris trophy no you know is he ever going to you know win any individual accolades probably not but he was very very um trustworthy is not the word i'm looking for uh, reliable. Reliable. Thank yeah, reliable. He was very reliable in his job, and you knew that if he was out there, he wasn't going to make a mistake that cost you the game. Yeah. 
So, uh, so congrats to him on a great career. Uh, Blues really uh, not much else. Go obviously kind of we're at the waiting period until the expansion draft. Mm-hmm. As we'll start getting some a little more Blues news and a little more. When do teams have to have their uh, protected list submitted? I believe it's a few days before that. So uh, let's uh, let's say the Friday before. So whether that okay. be July eighteenth, probably. Let's say that because it gives them like a week till they have to make the or yeah. up five days till they have to make a decision. And I'm sure those will. I'm sure the like picks will, like I did that one like when Perron got picked. I'm right. sure they'll leak out slowly because that's kind of what happened at one time. Like, oh, this guy's definitely getting tr- lost. This guy's definitely getting picked. This guy's definitely getting picked. Yeah. Uh, so quickly on the Seattle news, they hired their coach. Not what anybody thought would happen. No. Uh, Dave Haxtell, who was a former uh, Philadelphia uh, Flyers coach, former uh, North Dakota coach. Yep. Uh, that might be good for somebody who's going to be there. Mm-hmm. So uh, that might be maybe part of the reason behind it. A I don't former know. Blue and current Washington Capital. Yeah, who more than likely is going there. So yep. uh, interesting uh, hire. Uh, kind of, it's kind of one of those things where there's a lot so much goodwill built up toward, like kind of like how Vegas was when there's a bunch of goodwill built up going into matter. this stuff, and then all of a sudden they just made like that, like really, like some, that that hire. I was like. Like I did not see one person like, oh, this is a really good hire. A lot of like, oh, I didn't see that coming. That was the closest thing you saw to like positive. You know, here's the thing is I, I think that when you have an expansion team, you have a grace period of a few years. Anyone who expects the Seattle Kraken to come out of the box the way that Vegas did, could it happen? Sure. Odds are it's going to be more like the Anaheim Ducks where they're not really that great for a few years. And so you've got some grace period with your coaches. And I think that you bring a guy like that in because you either have certain players in mind who you know they have a history with, or you know that he's good at developing talent. And granted, we're talking about the college level, but that guy did a hell of a job at North Dakota. I mean, North Dakota is a powerhouse for college. That's a lot of final... uh... Frozen fours. Yeah, I mean, you look at the the players just of this last era of hockey that have come out of North Dakota, and it's a who's who. Yeah, um, definitely good, definitely good program. Yeah, sure. so I, I think that while they may have wanted, you know, someone like Rick Tockett, like a say. Rick Tockett, yeah. or and I know that a lot of people thought that Tockett was on the inside track, as was maybe Rod Brendan Moore because if of he his, left Carolina, right? Yeah. Because of his connections the to Rod the Francis. GM. Um, but I don't think that this is a bad hire by any means. Mm-hmm. And I think if, if there's a job for this guy to get as a head coach and like learn the ropes, he may not be around for the glory days of Seattle, but I think that this certainly is going to help him get his feet wet for wherever he goes after this. Yeah, he was an assistant with Washington for the last two years. So yeah. uh, definitely uh, – so that also – Yeah, I know. Yeah, so it's just one of those things where you just see uh, – Kind of everything lining up pretty much. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. So, let's do uh, NHL news. We'll do rumors last. Rumors are always fun. So, we'll sure. do the fun stuff last. So, NHL playoffs. So, the the uh, Cinderella teams, the Habs, are now in the Stanley Cup Finals. So yes, they are. So, that's uh, a, being a fun thing. Cole Caulfield has played really well coming in, a rookie, and playing well. Nick Suzuki's come back to kind of bite. Vegas in the ass because remember Nick Suzuki was the main piece in the Max Pacioretty trade. Yep. So those two guys have played really well, and let's not forget the guy that everybody kinds of craps on for his contract, and it's working out this season. Let's say yeah. that much. Carey Price has been amazing in that. So yes, he has. carried yes, this he has. team. 
Uh, Shea Weber's been really good. So it's been very interesting. Joel Edmondson has been really great. Good. And, I'm, and I'm really, and people are like, what if you kept, like, I know this was on the radio today, like, what if you kept Petro and they never traded Edmondson? Where would the Blues be now? The thing is, I don't know. There's a bit of complacency, which we talked about this. Complacency, did I get that yeah. right? There we go. Um, I think that set in with a lot of the younger guys this year, and hopefully that changes. Uh, I think Joel Edmondson was just not having a good couple of years. Like, he did not have a good 2019. If you remember, he was a little healthy scratched a lot, if you mm-hmm. go back to there. And he wasn't – he was on a top pairing with um, Petro for a while, but then he lost it a lot and wound up getting yeah. down to the third pairing with Bortuzzo, yeah. which was a fine pairing. But he just – you know, for the amount of money the Blues are paying them, they're going to pay almost three, close to $3 million. It really makes sense to have a third guy who was being third pairing and healthy scratched. That's why they did the Justin Falk thing. Agreed. So it, I agree. And then, obviously, things things worked out. When you say worked out, it's happened. It's happened. Um, it's fine. Jake Allen, they were trying to sign Petro. So you had to get rid of Jake Allen, unfortunately, because he was making a lot of money. $4 right. million back. It really didn't make sense when you're going to try and ride Bennington and give him the net. Yep. So it didn't make sense. So... And he would just sign Huso to a one-way deal. Yeah, so, so you're going to lose another young goalie, and you just want to keep kind of, you know. Jake Allen, to me, very good goalie. Worked out a very, very good one. We've talked about this many times. A like very good 1B. The guy that to be the guy just didn't work out, man. Correct. It just, it just didn't work out. So uh, interesting there. So very good for Joel Edmondson to kind of – I know his dad was very sick and stuff, so and he got to move closer to home being Which in Montreal. Which is cool. So, and then going on this run is great. So Montreal, Santa Cup Finals, and – the storyline Chris hates to hear, oh, but we're going to bring it up anyway. So, uh, St. Louis's own and floor hockey legend Pat Maroon going for his third, third straight, third straight, third straight cup, third straight finals appearance for him. Um, good for him. Great for him. For him. Great for, for, for him. For, we talked about it. In, uh, like as Jeremy Rutherford talked about. He was in an interview with him in December 2018 about what about the possibility of being put on waivers soon. Yeah, and then from. December 2018 to July or June, almost July 2021, less than three years, you might have three Stanley Cups underneath those. Kind of crazy. I'll, I'll give him that. It's, it's, not, it's not because and just and it's, once again, this is what Chris is going to get to. I'll, I'll let you get to it. Go ahead and say it. I have nothing against Pat Maroon. I think Pat Maroon is a fine hockey player. Want a face-off against him. I have. I did win a face-off against him. The few times that we've talked to him, he seems to be a genuinely nice guy. My my problem is this, and it, it's it's something that unfortunately falls at the feet of Pat through no fault of his own. It is the segment of Blues fans that are somewhat affectionately called the Bluesers, and we all know who they are, who think that if you're from St. Louis and played for the Blues, you're the greatest thing since Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. And people, oh, Pat Maroon won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Should have cut Pat Maroon. The Blues could have won too. Let's not act like Pat Maroon is the reason that the St. Louis Blues or the Tampa Bay Lightning won Stanley Cups the last two years. I know he scored the goal in game seven against Dallas. We were there. I know. We were there. there. I get it. I'm not discounting that goal. The sun shines on every dog's ass once. He's a fine hockey player, but he is what he is. And you don't build your team around Pat Maroon. You, You find a way for Pat Maroon to fit into your team. Doug Armstrong didn't think that there was a place for him. 
Does it suck? It sucks. Mm-hmm. The Blues are doing fine. It obviously worked out great for Pat because yeah. he won another Stanley Cup and he's four wins away from his third in a row. But God help me if the Tampa Bay Lightning win another Stanley Cup this year and I have to suffer through another summer of Pat Maroon's won three Stanley Cups in a row. No, not, a lot, not a lot of other players in hockey history have won three in a row. True. It's all true. That's it's true. all true. But, again, let Pat Maroon go to Buffalo. Columbus. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. Send Pat Maroon to Buffalo. When he wins the Stanley Cup there next year, then come talk to me about how Pat Maroon turns fortunes of teams around. Yeah. It, it does help that you have a goalie that is all world. Yeah, Vasilevsky, who set a has currently building on the initial record of not one, not two, not three, four series in a row clinching series clinching shutouts. Yeah. So that guy, when he needs to shut the door, shuts, shuts it the door and locks it. So since he's won the Stanley Cup, he's had shutouts when it comes to series. Not saying every time, but series clinching. Yeah. yeah. I, look, hey, let's it, talk about a guy, Braden Point, who's. What nine and straight games? Nine straight it games. Broken game seven. Yeah, broken yeah. game seven. Didn't get the uh, a goal, but it has now has the second most goals in the game. Guy like that having Steven Stamkos on the wing helps. Yeah, and like I guess Kucherov. I, Kucherov like, who hurt, but still. But anyway, but you point is, what Chris that team is, is to say, loaded. Point is, he has a role. He does it very well. Yes, he does. And guess what? Chirps and gets everybody going, and that's his role, and he plays it. Perfectly. Yes. Did the Blues need something like that last year? Maybe. 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 But let's also be honest. Tampa wins that Stanley Cup last year with or without Pat Maroon. Correct. If Tampa wins this Stanley Cup this year, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they win it without needing a major contribution from Pat Maroon. Again, I am not pooping on Pat Maroon. I think Pat Maroon's a great guy. I think he's a good hockey player. But let's just please, St. Louis fans, be smart enough to realize, yes, he might win his third in a row, but it's not like he's putting any of these teams on his back. Yeah, but like I said, to bring it back around and to say, he's brought in for a role. Yes, and he's brought in for a role. Yep. And he does it. He does it perfectly. Fantastic. How many times have you seen him? Like the NHL has been highlighting him like crazy. Like as they him, should. Him micing him up, showing him chirping, showing him like I forgot who he was trying to go during the last game against oh, the Islanders. It was um, I don't see Zizekas or Matt Martin maybe Clutterbuck. Yes, Clutterbuck. Yes. When he's trying to get Clutterbuck to dro- show him Clutterbuck how to drop the gloves, very funny. Yeah, and like he's when, great. And when he was chirping uh, St. Louis's own Scott Mayfield before the game. Yep, great. Like yep. and that's and that's what he's there for, and he does 100%. it hundred percent, and he does that role perfectly. But I get your point. Your point at the end of the day is he's not the guy that is brought in to like win you a Stanley Cup. Cup. Is he got to be a role player into grind guys down and to try to get on the forecheck? Is he you know like that? Has team he is, won the lottery of hockey? You damn well right. Yeah, Blues went on a tremendous run, and he's forever going to like not have to buy a beer in St. Louis. Hell no. And guess what? Like, if I if we ever meet the man again, shake his hand. Oh, for sure. And whatever. That's our point. This is I get your point because I've seen a couple of posts where it's like, uh, guys, like, in the NHL, of course, I think they won the cup, and then we were, we and you were watching Game Seven because uh, our we were, our yeah. thing got canceled that night, so we were just kind of hanging out watching the game, 
and the game seven wraps up, and they're all the guys congratulating each other. Said. It was within what minute and a half? Oh, within the first uh, minute and a half. When they're, yeah, they're doing that. So interesting. So right now you have Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Montreal Canadiens. So I'll put you on a limb real quick. So you have technically two Eastern Conference teams. Technically, yep. this is the way things work this year. That's how things are. Uh, oh, how cool was it that Montreal got the uh, the Campbell Bowl, and now they've literally won. Every trophy there is to win in hockey. Yeah, so and they also they did, they did not touch it, but um, Tampa, Tampa skated off with it. Yeah, uh, Alex uh, Killorn went over there and was just like rubbing it and stuff, and he's just like, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, yeah. he's just, you know, it's funny. It's just funny. Also, something, also phrasing. Yes, correct. It's funny something to watch and just I think it's funny. Yeah. So, Tampa, Montreal. So, are you going to – Montreal, who has perpetually been not been picked. And that's been the rallying cry on mm-hmm. the uh, Twitters and stuff of Montreal – Constantly showing the picks when you go and you go like NHL.com or you go to ESPN and they show the list of like yep. Vegas and five, Vegas and six, you know, whatever, and or Vegas and four, even, you know, and then they I forget who the guy was on Twitter who just got roasted because before that series he said, if I if if it was possible, I would pick Vegas and three. I forgot who it was too, yeah, but it was like <laughs> he but, got annihilated, yeah, and then so Montreal, so. Put you on the spot, or you want me to go first? I mean, Montreal. Well, I'll go first. So Montreal and Tampa. I I love 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 underdog stories because not yep. only does it make a fun kind of like story for the NHL, it sucks for the USA or NBC networks because oh man, they would love to have a Vegas type team in. You better they, believe they would have thought that would have brought in the viewers, but for for the NHL. I 100% think it's so much better for Montreal. Yeah, I think I, agree. I think for hockey fans, it's better for Montreal. It's, I mean, you get Canada involved now. Yeah, and that's my thing, man. Like, God, that, 92 was the last year. 93. 93? 93. So, yeah. Montreal Canadiens, Patrick Waugh. Patrick Waugh, that was the last time. That's the last time a Canadian, not even the Montreal Canadiens, a, a team in Canada won. Has won. My, Vancouver's come close. Look up they once. came. Edmonton, Vancouver and Edmonton. Edmonton lost, lost to Carolina, Carolina. in – Oh five. Oh five. Vancouver lost to Boston in two thousand ten. Yes. So, so that's it. That's it. So I mean, you're kind of after that. It's been kind of Ottawa was one game away a couple of years ago and lost to Pittsburgh and went yeah, double overtime. Double overtime. I just saw that goal. The Boy, other day. talk about a team that went into the pooper real quick. Correct. After that, it was pretty much downhill. Yep. So I love Canadians. There's a fun team to watch. Yes. I think Cole Caulfield is going to be a. He's looked great. Nick Suzuki, that line, Nick Suzuki, great. Yeah, great. They do have a little hiccup. Joel Armia just, I uh, just saw this, maybe not breaking news, but just got put in COVID protocol womp, womp. and is not traveling with the team to Tampa. So that means he's probably out for two games at, at least, least, which sucks. Um, mind you, also, Montreal won that game seven with out their coach who's in COVID protocol. <laughs> yeah. So mind you, their coach is in COVID protocol too, and they're still winning games, yeah. which is, you know, like I said, it, I love like when the Blues are went on their run. There was always a story. Yes, and like when it was just like this guy got suspended or this thing. Gunnarsson's story about being in the you know being in the pisser afterwards yeah. and that whole story like that. Those little things when you watch the Stanley Cup DVD of that team, yeah, and you go back over those moments, you're like, oh yeah, that, oh yeah, that, and you're like, man, all that was great. Yeah. You know, all the adversity and all stuff. I love that Montreal. I just said all that. I'm not picking Montreal. So, unfortunately, I, I am going with Tampa, and I'd love to make it seven. But I'm going with Tampa in six. All right. So, Tampa wins in in enemy territory. Yes. In Montreal. Unfortunately, yeah. that is it. But I, I just think it's going to be fun to watch. 
But I think the goalies, goalies are almost even in my thing right now. Oh, this is definitely. I think this is the best goalie battle since we had uh, Colorado versus New Jersey, and you had Wall versus Brodeur. Yeah, I think that that's two really good names that are on the top of their top of the game right now. These are two goalies that are the top tier goalies, and I think that's going to be great to watch. I think at the end of the day, Tampa's firepower is what's going to overcome it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, that's where I'm at, unfortunately. Look, I get it. I mean, you look at that stat sheet and you look at those rosters, and Tampa Bay should beat the holy living bejesus out of the Montreal Canadiens. So should have the Toronto Maple Maple Leafs. So should have the Winnipeg Jets. And so should have the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep. For every reason that people can give for Tampa just annihilating Montreal those exact same reasons were given in each of the three rounds and there's something to be said for a team that just finds ways to win man and why not Montreal I mean that's really where I'm at is I feel again I think there are so many comparisons between this Montreal Canadiens team and the 2019 Blues in the playoffs like they weren't picked to win a single round uh, you know, they did get home ice against Dallas. Um, but, you know, they were supposed to get just butchered by the Jets. Um, Dallas was supposed to beat us even though we were home ice. The Sharks were supposed to beat us. Boston was supposed to just destroy us. Mm-hmm. I think Montreal pulls it off, man. I just think they do. I think there's something to be said for a team of destiny, and I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think this is going to be like the Winnipeg series or e- even necessarily like the Vegas series. But you're looking at a team that I understand that they were they won a soft division in the North, but they were down three games to one against Toronto. Could have easily folded up shop and just – came back and beat Toronto down. They annihilated the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, in four. So. And and they made Vegas look pedestrian. I mean, they just did. They shut down that power play. Yep. They're not playing sexy hockey, but they're playing sound, fundamental hockey. Yeah, and they also shut down Mark Stone with zero points. Right. So, you know, I mean, if they can figure out how to beat Tampa and get a couple of goals in the net. I don't see why this team can't win a Stanley cup. And I'll say Montreal in seven. Well, I kind of hope, I really hope it goes. Seven, I, you know what? We always like to hold the, the, the card over the head of Canada. Oh, you haven't won a cup since 1993. And as much as I would love to like keep the cup in America, like, I just want this Montreal team to win. Like it's such a great story, and I think I've always been a fan of like I like Jake Allen and Joel Edmondson. Yeah, Matt man, I think it'd be great for both of them. I think Shea Weber is. I saw a stat that was telling of every defenseman on that 2010 team, Canada mm-hmm. has a cup. Has a cup except for Shea Weber. He's the only one left who doesn't have a cup. Yeah, that's crazy considering that was a, that's loaded. Yeah, that's a loaded yeah. team too. So it's, uh, yeah. Like I said, I I I'm I just want it to be I, a I good get, series. The best, yeah. The best part is I get to watch this and just enjoy this like really fun hockey. Yeah, and that's what's gonna be great. Like it's no, 
as much as you love to have your team in it sometimes, and sometimes it's nice to sit back and just get to watch two really good hockey teams go at it. I do think that either game one or two, Tampa puts a hurting on them. I think you're looking at another like 8 nothing game like I they did against that, the I, Islanders. I 100% think because remember the Blues had a couple of games where they got the crap kicked out of them. Yeah. But like you said, the comparison's there. Like I say – I see the comparisons to Montreal, what you're talking about, but I think like definitely the Islanders were like when I watched them play, I'm like man, that is like the Blues, like oh, for the sure. way it is, and I was like, man, they could do it. They were close. Yeah, they one, were one nothing. That boy, I I, I so badly wanted an Islanders and Montreal final. Oh, for the NHL to lose their mind. Yeah. I mean, even though you technically have New York and Montreal, which are not the major mark, not the New York, right? It's team. not the Rangers. Yeah, it's it was you know, <laughs> hoping our friend Dominic would have been happy to have the yeah. Islanders back in it, but close. And also St. Louis and Scott Mayfield. So either way, St. Louis is getting to Stanley Cup Finals again, which is cool. So yeah. that, like end of the day, so Maroon is going to go for there. Like it's a third row. We'll see what happens there. So after all that fun talk, we do a kind of a downer story, which but I think it's a very important story. Oh, I think it's a very important story. So let's talk about that. So kind of broke this week. It's been kind of like floating around the internet a little bit. Like yeah. it's been kind of like talked about by writers, and now it's uh, officially kind of been put out there. So. A former, two, a former player, uh, two players have now accused the uh, Blackhawks for covering up a sexual assault on a team that happened during the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs. Wow. Uh, so we won't get into too much. So the, they're basically accusing uh, his name is Brad Aldrich, who was the video coach yep. of sexual assault when the team was traveling from their second round win to San Jose, and something happened then. The two players have not been revealed at all. But there was apparently some a sexual assault took place, and apparently um, it was passed to the basically I, I say player liaison type guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into like a complete story. Passed on to him, and then he passed it on. Who is a former? He's a former cop, and right. people are saying like he's a stand up guy, and he would not cover this up. And he came out and said, "I passed it along, pass this along." And it seems like the NHL is really not. not I say not. I say covering up is obviously strong worded but they're not really kind of talking about this which i oh, think is a they're story trying to promote their game right yeah now. there's all, like this came out of course during the closest in the cup finals they're trying to promote this over that but this is going to come out eventually so basically oh, yeah. a player is as one one of the two players is suing right there yeah. the thing that's that's even more disturbing about this so it was passed along to upper management let's talk about gm president all these other guys and Nothing was done. It was never passed along to the police, and this play and this video coach was released the next after the season. He said he was, you know, basically tired of the NHL grind. The problem is now, yeah, correct. Chris is making a face. He's the Ruxin. You know why he was let go. So he, everyone knows why he. Was so let he go. and the thing about it is, they gave him a recommendation letter, yeah. and he got hired onto a youth team, and then had got got caught molesting kids. molesting kids. Yeah. So um, and then now, who currently I believe the guy was in just got out of jail for serving nine months. So, so that's the thing that's that that's bad. That's a, not only bad you cover it up. Now that you they gave him a recommendation and then it went on and he did it again to kids. And this, check out the article on the Athletic is by Scott Powers and uh, Mark Lazarus, Katie Strang, a bunch of different yeah. writers got in on this and wrote a very detailed long story and and I think it's something that it's not really kind of talked about now. But I'm telling you. It, it's gonna. This is gonna get louder and louder and louder. It's gonna as get this off season's going. It's on. gonna get very loud, and I I don't know how many of those top executives are still with the Chicago Blackhawks. All, 
except for one. That's going to change. Yeah, it's going to be a house cleaning. I would imagine that obviously they need to do due process. There's going to be an internal investigation probably by the team and the NHL. People are going to lose their jobs over this, as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one. It's one thing to try to make the story go away within your own team. That's bad enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that. You know, there's a sort of unwritten code in pro sports that you keep it in house. But when you're talking about this, and I think in today's age, we've realized that um, there's no such thing as a secret anymore because of the internet. Anyone with a smartphone is a mobile news source. You know, any one of us can video record something or talk into our phones and upload it to social media, and then it goes from there. Yeah. Like, everyone's a a mobile news station, so there's no such thing as covering up secrets anymore. I get this was 2010, 11 years ago. Times were a little different, but still. Yep. I think to the timing of this happening and then him stepping away, highly, highly suspect. I think we all know what the truth is on why that dude wasn't back in 2011. Mm -hmm. But like you said, I think where the Blackhawks really, really, really effed up was giving that guy a positive job recommendation to go work for kids when you know what What he's accused of. And that the part is like this, like and of course not a lawyer at all, but like that player now that from this minor league team that this stuff happened. Which if you read the article, is very detailed. And we go into that. Can that player turn around now and sue the Blackhawks? I don't is that, know, is, if- or like like indict them as like you know obviously for damages because you knew about this, you covered up, gave the guy a positive review, which helped him get a job at That's this place. That's a great question. I think if they can confirm, like if they can get confirmation that they knew and didn't disclose to this team that hired him. I don't know if there's recourse against the franchise, but I would imagine there's some sort of something that you could bring, you know, punitive damages or something against the individual person. I would think because I mean, they are indirectly responsible. Would he have gotten the job without the recommendation? Maybe. But I'm sure getting a recommendation from the, at the time, defending Stanley Cup champions didn't hurt. Yeah. And they went on, it was 2010, they won, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they won the win right then. And he, he is in pictures. And right now, that man's name is on the Stanley Cup. Yeah. For that year. So that's like, if you, they showed a picture on the article that it's there. And Has there ever been a name removed from the Stanley Cup? Oh, I mean, you got me. So I'd have to, we'll do some research and I'll get it free for the next podcast. Okay. How about that? We'll do that. So, um, like I said, it's, I think it's, it's a bad a, situation. It's and, a very important story. And I really, really hope that this something comes about this and right. kind of and people this, who, who swept this underneath the rug are, need to be gone. Are punished appropriately. This has nothing to do with we hate the Blackhawks because we're Blues fans. This no. is this goes so far beyond. Yeah. Guess what? This is the Blues. I had the same I'd, thing. I would want them to gone completely wipe blow it up everybody there. Yeah. I don't care who it is. If it was down to the assistant equipment manager who knew and helped cover it up, you're gone. Everybody. Yeah, I, I just things like that. You have to you have to change the culture. And when you find out that this happened. 
you have to step up. Number one, the owner of the Blackhawks, the ownership of the Blackhawks, should it immediately suspend these people pending investigation mm -hmm. and should open their doors as wide as possible for the NHL, whatever law enforcement, whoever needs to be involved in this investigation to investigate. Like, do not hide anyone or anything. Because if you get found out now that you're still trying to cover your own butt, yeah. I, I don't know what you do. I mean, I think that front office is going to be way different next year. I would love to know if Q knew. Yeah, because 2010. So I'm kind of curious to see what. Yeah, and according if you read the article, like I said, the article is super detailed, and we can, we can do the whole thing. We can do like a full podcast just sure. on that. But it's pretty much the headline is every player knew what happened. Yeah. So that you know who I would love to talk to about this? Mm. Flurry. Yeah. And see what since uh, Theo Flurry was on the podcast and see what his feelings. And he spent time in that organization. Yeah. Check out. Uh, yeah. So maybe on check out uh, the his podcast. Uh, we're all a little crazy here on the pod hockey podcast network. So maybe we'll reach out to him and see if he'd like to come on and talk about it. So. Yeah, like I said, important story that needs to be talked about. So definitely uh, something to keep an eye on this offseason, along with all the other stuff. Yeah. So to try to transition to something different here. So we'll try to do a, finish this on an upbeat and like kind of little thing. Upbeat mm. slash interesting thing for the Blues. Yes. So it came out during this last week when we were uh, – I think it was literally the day after we recorded, which is the usual. Yep. So uh, – a former player, Shane O'Brien, he played for, I believe, the Canucks for sure, I know, maybe on Nashville. I had to look it all up. Uh, according to him, he was on the – Steve Coolius, who who does the power uh, – was it power play? Yep. Whatever it's called. So he has a podcast, too, basically the same version of what he does on the NHL yeah. radio. Because I know that's – I noticed that when we're heading places and we're listening to it, he's always doing the – kind of like the nighttime yep. ice show. Cap. Ice cap. Yeah, he kind of does all the talk about what's going to happening and kind of talks to – Players and coaches and does all that stuff. Anyway, he had a podcast. He had Shane O'Brien on, who was a Sportsnet analyst. That's a little pushing it a little bit, but he's kind of on Sportsnet as a contributor, at least. Sure. Let's play that much. But according to him, he said, according to Shane O'Brien, Matthew Chuck wants out of Calgary and is expected to uh, – and he, his preference is he's St. Louis Blues. Great. Uh, Fantastic. The question is – Who do you want? The question is, what is going to happen here? Like, is it going to be this offseason – He's owed seven million dollars. Calgary's looking to make changes along with the Blues. Who knows if something kind of matches there? I don't know. We'll kind of see what happens in the. Does Kachuk have a any sort of a no movement? No. So he can't he can't control where he goes. The other thing he can always say too is like, listen, I'm a UFA in two years. Like so, basically this year coming up will be seven mil. He'll be a RFA, and he basically if you qualify him, he's an accepted because he gets nine million dollars. Yeah. And after that, the following year, he's a UFA, so he'll walk and go wherever he wants. Right. And that's what his basically his agent did a very nice job of doing that. So his very agent, I think, is Don Meehan. Meehan, did I get that right? Uh, yeah, did a really good job at getting that uh, contract perfectly done with the bridge deal and had it perfectly done, so he gets to be UFA a little bit earlier than normal. Normal, the normal ones is normally 28 years old when you get to be UFA for the first time. He's at a 25, which is huge for him. So, uh, will he get traded this offseason? 
I think next year is a little more plausible due to him being owed a crap ton of money with the flat cap. I think it probably depends on how that team looks next year. And what they want to do. Because I know, yeah, know Daryl Sutter took over there. Uh, it's interesting to see what could happen there. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. But, yeah, so we'll see uh, what happens out there, I think it's something that we talked about. Is it's on our it's on our wish list, you know, oh, right for now sure. for Blues all Blues for fans' sure. wish list. It's definitely on mine. Where you're looking for a left winger? Oh, great! The guy who's a former kids player who's actually really good and fits the mold of what exactly the Blues want. It might be available. Wow, perfect! Talk about you just timing. have to hope that you get a guy who fits and it doesn't turn into Paul Stastny part two. Yeah, and I, like we talked about that one. I think that was more of a usage thing to a degree at sure. times too, but. Correct. You don't want it to turn into like you sign a guy for a big deal. Let's say you get him and he plays well the first. Let's say we say we get him this offseason. Right. Plays well these two years. And we say, hey, great. You're 25 now. We're going to give you all the money. Here's an eight year deal for eight and a half mil for whatever. And then all of a sudden by that end of that, you're not playing. The halfway through, you're still not playing great. Anyway, interesting to see what happens there. The Blues need to do some changes. Oh, Calorie needs to make some changes. Meh. I think it's very interesting, so we'll see what happens there. So, uh, fun little rumor there. We're going to look at doing something fun for uh, the expansion draft, which is July 21st. Yep, and then the regular draft, the 23rd. Third, which is that Friday. So, July 23rd, I don't know if we're going to do our usual draft coverage like we normally do, so we'll probably do the draft expansion draft because um, I think the entry draft, we're going to we're gonna have some fun and just, yep. and just hang just out and off. just watch it. Yeah. So, we'll do something fun for the expansion draft for sure. So, be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully – if we have some news, we'll do another podcast coming up here. If not, we'll probably do something just to uh, approve for the expansion draft for sure. So be on the lookout for anything in the coming weeks. And hopefully news will pick up around the end of this, this coming month, end of July. So yep. it would be really nice. So if you'd like to get a hold of us on the social media, Twitter especially, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. My social media is also Facebook and Instagram, and it's at Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, check out our website. It's blueshockeypodcast.net. That gives you uh, everything. It has everything in there. It has our sponsors. It has our links to all the places you can find the podcast. It has all the old shows. Every show that we've ever done is on that website. So you can go there and listen to it, see everything, uh, a couple galleries of some of the promo shots we've did in the past. A lot of different things are out there. So go to uh, the Blues Hockey Hall of Shame. Maybe we'll bring that back. This we need to bring that back. I think sure. we're. I think we and Chris will talk about that. Maybe we'll do that for the uh, Seattle uh, expansion draft. Expansion draft to give us a little blue stuff for that. So we'll, we'll look into that. So we have all that. So let's get into our sponsors real quick. So the first being Rockstar Taco Shack. As much as I want to promote them and tell them, tell you to go see them, they are closed for vacation right so, now. So good for Will. So Will is on vacation now. So good for Will. So but starting July six, you can join. Go back there and get all your taco goodness. I'm going to tell you all right now. The next time they do White Castle tacos, you need to go to Newtown and get you a White Castle taco. Holy crap! Yeah, find that on uh, look at a find that on Facebook. It's Rockstar Taco Shack, yep. and their South City location are in the process. In the process of opening. Yeah, so hopefully we we'll get that up and running really soon. So, uh, secondly, is Lucky Lola. So Lucky Lola, so we talked about our uh, Blues Hockey Podcast Sunday Fun Day Barbecue Pack. And we've been, like I said, we've been giving away these packs online. So if you check out our social medias, you'll see how you can win one. Mm-hmm. So we're still, uh, I'm still holding off entries on that. So we're trying to wait to like the end of the playoffs to do give away two of these packs. We have one for the bracket challenge that we did. And one is just a simple 
likes like comment and share on facebook so yep. go to facebook you can easily enter to win that so just find you'll find the post i believe it's pinned on the top of the uh profile so mm-hmm. go ahead and check that out so go to lucky lola's they're on on instagram and uh facebook and their website lucky i believe and finally DraftKings, go to get DraftKings if you like like Stanley Cup Finals coming up. If you want to pick somebody, who do you want to pick for to be the MVP, Chris? Who's your MVP? Who's your Con Smythe winner? Carey Price. Carey Price. So Chris wants to put fifty dollars on Carey Price to win the uh, MVP. You can go ahead and do that at DraftKings. Yep. Use the code THPN when you're ready to start an account, or if you already have an account, use that and you get some weekly bonuses. You know, pick and Chris is going to pick Montreal in seven, so he wants to maybe pick Montreal for game two after maybe getting bounced really hard in game one. So mm. go ahead and do that. So find DraftKings, uh, go DraftKings.com. And uh, also Hockey Podcast Network, that's what we're a part of. Hockey Podcast Network has a ton of different podcasts. Go and check them out uh, today. They have a ton. If you Whatever you're a fan of. If you're a fan of Montreal, I know they have a couple different Montreal ones. Yes, they ones. do. Uh, go ahead and check them out, and I know I think they have at least one tampa off top. I think they have one for. I think they have at least one for every team. Yeah, definitely one. I think a couple for the uh, Canadians. They have a really good one for the Canadians. So go ahead and check that out uh, today. So I think that will do it for us on this fine Sunday. We'll wrap it up here, and uh, hockey will restart tomorrow. Well, tomorrow being the twenty eighth. That's probably when it'll be posted. So thanks everybody for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. See you.